ring the bell for another Wrestling Royale with Rant and Rave Wrestling. Every week we compare Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AEW to decide what the best show was so you don't have to. We'll do the scoring. All you have to do is sit back and relax while we crown this week's Capital R Champion. I'm your host. Some call me the absolute best. I call me the goddamn greatest. But you can call me the Roy. To my right is the man who makes plans and cancels and tries to buy you all for the pizza, Blake Short. Corbin's bigger than the both of us. Not where it counts. And then at the other side of me, he died for your sins. <laughs> the friendly neighborhood ACM. Oh, I thought there was more than that. You just kind of... Nope, that's it. What's that's that? that's just... Hello, people. There I'm back. All right. You... Just give it, give it a second. There's a child crying in the background. As soon as you introduced Antonio, a child just began to cry. And it just, it's just so fitting. It is That's so fitting. Surprising. The man who died for your sins and the baby's like... Ah. Oh, that baby is losing its shit right it now. It is. Drink and it's because of you. Drink my wine. How was your week this week, buddy? My week? Uh, it was great. I've worked a lot. I had a bunch of days off. Making babies cry and whatnot. My, my just... Uh, yeah, great week. I was like at a Christmas party last night, so I'm like incredibly hungover right now. But uh, you know, duty calls. They call it the greatest substitute in the history of podcasts. So yeah, or the only substitute. Uh, I mean, we got like seven friends in our group, but y'all chose me. So that is true. That is true. I, I don't know about the other ones and whether they even come substitute at this point. But my week was pretty normal. I'm learning that I am not a very good entrepreneur. At all. Um, I was really good at my job at Cintas for nine years. Oh, and no. I figured, no, I don't want to go back. And I figured I'd be pretty good at this because I'd be motivated. And that is not the case. All I do is just sleep until 11 o'clock. <laughs> um, I'm paying bills, but I'm not getting the shit done that I want to get done. So I'm trying to figure it out. But i tell you one thing I do do every week, Antonio. What? I show up for this lovely podcast. Whoa, was that a shot at Greg? First of all, I substituted for you before. Oh, that's true. You did not so show up. So what are you one talking time. about? I was, there was okay. that time you didn't show up. Okay, yeah. I was in Seattle. Okay, no, no, no. You so, said you you said you always show up. It was a fucking lie. It's a lie. I do. I took. You I took always one. show up except that one time. I have PTO time here. No, you don't. One. No, and by the way, that wasn't a shot at Greg. That was just saying that I'm really committed to this podcast. Um, as far as Greg, well, I know he'll be cool. listening. Blake and... just slid me a note that says, fuck Greg. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. Do you see this, Antonio? I witnessed it. No, honestly, Greg, I know he'll be listening. We're hoping for the best for you, buddy, and we'll yeah, see man. you next week. That's... Wait, yeah, that makes yeah. it sound like he's dying. He's not dying. Greg no. is not passing away anytime no. soon. What? Wow. <laughs> because wow. he's going to pass away eventually. And at some point he will yes. die. Yes. Like, I can't say Greg is not passing I, away. I feel like you definitely just jinxed him just now, though. I mean, I know you died for his sins, but now you're like, he won't pass Look, away anytime soon. I back, so... When did you die? I died for your sins. When? Did you not hear my intro? Guys, I want a free Google Stadia this week. Ooh, me too. Alright, let's get it started in here. Let's get it started in hot. Antonio with the first rant of the week. <laughs> what really, do you got? I really threw you off for some reason. First rant. My number one rant of the week. Leo Rush losing the Cruiserweight title. I was so excited when Leo won. I thought it was... Because, uh, you know, I didn't really expect him. Even when he returned, I was kind of like, oh, I guess going to regulate him to a jobber role. 
because of what happened and, you know, all the backstage politics and everything he was going through. And he won, and I was like, all right, that's awesome. They actually are putting, you know, some time into him. They're behind him. And the first match with Garza was okay. I expected it to happen again. But then it's like, it's weird because I wanted to see the rematch, but I didn't because I see rematches so often. So when Garza won, I kind of like felt nothing. It, it was, yeah, you're going to win if you keep getting shots. It's just like the typical WWE thing. Someone gets two or three shots. So I just, I couldn't, I didn't like it. I felt like it puts Leo down. Don't really feel like it, I mean, it helps Garza, definitely, but. So you, it, this is just based off the outcome itself? Yes. Okay. Though I would say that I believe that it, it does extend to the entire match. See, if you were to say that, then we would. That I was waiting for that. I'm the outcome. No, I think the match. The match was good. I thought the match was great. The match was good to me. But see, that's a, that's what we we're gonna have to have discussions about going forward because I believe I, I don't I don't necessarily think that those things should be separate. See, I do. I think I think you can enjoy a match and dislike the outcome of it. And maybe I think it wasn't that, what you I think wanted. that you can too. But I just it doesn't make sense. I think for the scoring system to say I like the. I like the outcome, and then maybe later on, someone's like, "I like the match." It's like, what was the point? It just it nulled itself. Yeah, I'm holding off on it because I really enjoyed the match itself. The outcome, I didn't feel anything for one way or another, mm-hmm. and that's why I haven't debated him on this. Moving on to yours, right? Because I am last. Mine, correct. Mm-hmm. Mine is the Viking Raiders versus the Street Profits. Yeah. Um. Uh, we asked that they stop facing jobbers, and this is what we got. <clears throat> this it should have been built up to be a little bit more. It took a lot of the shine off of the street profits for me. It makes them seem a lot less special, and I don't really understand. We're so close to TLC. I don't understand why the open challenge wasn't made at TLC in a ladder match, in the same way that the street profits debuted and won the titles on NXT. And even a loss, I, th- I feel like a loss there could have been done in a way that keeps the street profits elevated. I don't think that they accomplished that with the match on Raw. Yeah, this was a really tough one for me because I wanted to rave about it because it gave us what we wanted, right? It yeah. gave us the Viking Raiders and, and an actual match. But it came into the expense of the street profits. Um, and that's kind of what made it a rant. And it, switched it up a little bit. It actually was almost like Rory even said it when it was happening and the Street Profits came out really hot and did like their finisher and the big splash and everything. I actually would have been fine with that match ending right there. Oh, yeah, me because too. Because it would have been like the Viking Raiders like weren't real. All they've done is beat Jobbers for like a hundred weeks in a row. They face a real good te- a, a real tag team for once and it's like, this is what you show up. And I and I don't I didn't like the whole narrative. Oh, a flurry of offense, and then the Viking Raiders basically kind of sort of dominate the rest of the match against a team like the Street Profits. So I had the show of respect between the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits as a rant, and I'm going to cross it out. How did you feel about that being the end? How predictable was that, Roy? Well, when you have two faces, you don't have a choice but to respect one another. Got to respect each other, right? I mean, it has to end with those shaking hands. So, my number one rant of the week is going to SmackDown. And it's going to be them setting up a main event I wanted to see between Kofi Kingston and Baron Corbin. Then replacing it as a tag team match with Kofi and Big E and Corbin and Dolph. That we didn't even get a result for that match either. I have that. (laughs) What what was the point here 
of giving me not one, but two matches without a result. When I know you two are very educated wrestling fans, we all, all three of us, sat back and said, all right, when's Roman coming out to pretty much be the end of this show? Yep. We're not going to get a finish in this match, most likely. Mm-hmm. And we, we set up a second match. For what reason? I actually felt pretty stupid watching this because I kept thinking, who wins this <laughs> between uh, Kofi and Corbin? Because I can't imagine either one of them really losing right now heading into the pay-per-view. And then we got the non-finish. And I was like, oh, okay, no shit, that's what happens. Yeah. D- you were like, duh. And then um, they do the tag match. And I was thinking, like, okay, this does make sense how they kind of get away with somebody taking a loss here. And then another non-finish. The main event was two non-finishes. They always find a way to trump themselves. It's insane, right? (laughs) It is insane to me how they come up with a show. And nine times out of ten, the main event is a non-finish. Yes. Non-finish or roll-up. Yeah, it is crazy to me that they continue to make that their focal point of the show. Maybe they think it's good. Maybe they think people Clearly are like, they yeah, think that. this is great. Like, oh, we didn't see Kofi lose, technically. I mean, but we're re- like we're fans of the wrestlers, but we're also wrestling fans. We want to see conclusions to these matches because we feel like we wasted our time otherwise. And not only that, but at the end of the day, they're doing it to protect the wrestlers in that match. But really, it just kind of ruins both of them. You can just also book a different match then. Yep. That's yep. all you got to do. Oh, there's there's a million different alternatives to what they're doing. They're just not doing it. And this has been this has been their backbone for a long time now doing doing yep. this type of main event. What do you got for Rave, Antonio? My number one Rave is Young Bucks winning the number one contendership finally. I feel like I I I was like back and forth on this one. Because I almost, like, on on the negative side of things, I almost was like, uh, that should be a rant because, oh, they did it, but it's too... I can't really rant about the timing of something happening because it actually happened. I am happy that the Young Bucks are normal contenders. I really want them to beat SCU because I find SCU to be the most boring tag team in AEW's tag team division. And that's saying a lot because they are the champions. And it's not their fault. It's because how AEW has booked them. I think like, it's their fault. I think they're boring. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, like, in the vid- only person I legitimately don't like from SCU is Kazarian. I love Christopher Daniels. I like Scorpio Scott. He grew on me. I fucking hate Christopher Daniels. Yeah, we know, buddy. You've hated Christopher Daniels for a long See, time. See, I really now. enjoy Scorpio Sky. He, and I, I like don't, him. I don't care about the other two. I like oh, Scorpio wow. Sky. Yeah, like, Scorpio grew on me. I didn't really know who he was before AEW. But it's... I just, I think the Young Bucks I see you. the title. I understand AEW is trying to keep, like, you know, Kenny, uh, Cody, and the Young Bucks, you know, kind of out of the title picture. But I feel like AEW's tag team division is good enough to where, like, like think about what I just said. My least favorite tag team is the, are the tag team champions. There are other tag teams that I view, like, really highly, and they, they're not even involved in tag team title programs. They're, they have so much depth in their tag team division Tag teams can still get over and be prominent without having a title attached to them. So I feel like you need to let the Young Bucks get it. Have them have like a whole pro- high-profile feud. I just, I, I don't know what you do with SCU after that. I mean, I kind of want to see Scorpio go off and do his own thing for a little while. 
So I hope, hopefully, if they do lose, they branch off to that. But I swear, if this title match ends in a roll-up, I'm going to lose my mind. See, I, I'm happy you brought this up because I also had this as a rave. And I know that you're a Cowboys fan. It had to feel good to see someone wear a Cowboys helmet and get a win. Mm. We got to take a break, folks. I got a murder break. All right, my rave for the week, and I hope that I don't butcher this name too bad, was... The Butcher? Why'd you cut him off? He's always getting cut off. Now, anytime I'm listening, somebody's cutting Roy <laughs> off. You just couldn't help yourself with the I cut Roy off. I myself. Sakura versus Big Swole. That was pretty good. Is it a rant? No, it's my number one rave for the week. Um... Yeah, that I absolutely love Sakura. Yeah, I I call BS, and you you know it. So go ahead. You're you're challenging the match. Yes, it was either one of them. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time tonight, it's Rant versus Rave. You both have this on Rant. I have Emmy Sakura specifically on Rant. I had the match itself, and it's mostly because of Emmy Sakura. What okay? So you guys tell me what the problem is with her because I don't understand. I see her too much. I find her matches. Well, wait, who's going? You can go. I see her too much. I wait, find, you're I, the one that challenged me. You did challenge her. I, oh, I'm judge. All right, you judge. So, well, that was kind of an open-ended question for both of us. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to explain why? I'll and I'll explain challenge my, it. Like, no, the judge shouldn't explain to me oh, why I'm my so point sorry. is wrong. What I'm the so fuck sorry. is that? I, I think, was just trying to get my opinion. Ooh, see, no, I'm keeping PG. This is a PG program. Shit. No, the fuck it's not. <laughs> so, Emmy Sakura, I see her every week. And I, I don't know, Roy. I wish I could give you more information of what it is. I just don't enjoy the character, man. I'm not... She comes out, and I'm immediately bored. I'm, I've said before, the whole Mike thing, the Freddie Mercury thing, I think is fucking weird. I don't enjoy it. And I don't think she's a very good wrestler. I'm not entertained when she has a match. And I see her every week, it feels like. And I want to see... There are other talent in the women's division. I don't want to see Emi Sakura. Big Swole, I can't say I came out impressed with her either. Um, I don't know if it just was a weird pairing with Sakura, but this match didn't really do anything for me. But I will say I'm willing to give her a chance because it felt nice to see, once again, them bringing up a fresh talent and letting them get the win. Mm -hmm. That was the right call. But I'm tired of seeing Emi Sakura, and I'll let you tell me why you enjoy her so much. I think that Sakura is hilarious, um, and I don't think she, I don't think she's a I don't think she has shown to be that necessarily that great in the ring either. But I don't think she's been bad, and I was a little weirded out by the the entrance stuff too at first, but it ended up growing on me because of how absolutely different it is. And then when we were in the match and she's continuously grabbing Big Swole's hair, this was this was my favorite moment of the match. And I, this, I don't think this match was meant to be like an instant classic. I think it was meant to be fun, and I had fun watching it. But when she kept grabbing Big Swole's hair, then she grabbed her own hair, and then the referee's like, stop grabbing her hair. And she grabbed her hair again, and the referee's like, what is wrong with you? Stop grabbing her hair. She goes to grab the referee's hair, except he has none. He's bald. It was hilarious. Um, and Big Swole, what, what is your problem? He ran on, he went against you for Emmy Sakura specifically. You're talking about the match. Which one, what is the right versus right? I said the match as okay. well. 
What are you? He's a horrible judge. <laughs> no, because you only talked about like you said some stuff about the match, but you mainly talked about who's soccer. Like, I would like more. to talk when it's my turn to talk, if that's possible. Hey, I think Big Swole got to show a lot of personality too. I fully wanted Sakura to win, and then by the end of it, I was okay with either outcome, which isn't something that happens too often. She said, I, I don't remember exactly what she said, but she said something about, like, if you grab my hair again, I'm going to pop you. And she grabbed her hair, and she punched her in the face. That was good. I remember that. Uh, so that was, I had a lot of fun watching that match. Judge? I'm judging. Give me a second. After careful consideration... I've decided the match itself is a rave. I enjoyed I enjoyed Big Swole in the match a lot. I think that, like I said, she has a lot of natural charisma that the AEW women's division desperately needs. When she Emmy went to hit her with the mic, and then like the ref took it but dropped it, and then Big Swole picked it up and did like a whole James Brown routine. That was amazing. Like so, like as for the match itself, I have to give it a raise. How did you not? Did you not have fun watching this week? No, I and and Are again, you often miserable. Like, do you find mm, that to be the case? No, often? I'm probably the the most positive out of the group. Unfortunately, it dude, it's Emmy Sakura. I'm telling you, like she comes out. And Is it because she wears a mustache? Is that why you hate her? No, I just there's some people, man. They just it doesn't work for you. She doesn't work for me, and. I feel like AEW consistently every week gives me a match with her, and I just I need a fucking break, yeah, man. I'm tired of seeing her. That's my problem. I, I want to see other women. I can't really say much about the character because pretty much, kind of, sort of, Christopher Daniels is doing the same thing, and I'm a really big Queen fan, so I like the whole Freddie Mercury thing. It's just I feel like at least 80% of AEW's women matches I've seen have somehow had Emmy Sakura in them. So it's like I feel like she's just being exposed too much, like... I know you have more women. We want to see them wrestle, too. Right, we got to move along, guys. We're taking too much time here. Let's so, get back to ranks. Oh, sorry. I skipped Blake. My number Did you one want to turn, rave. Blake? Yeah, I'll, I'll take one. Thank you. My number one rave was the match between Angel Garza and Leah Rush. And we'll talk about that later on how we want to want to do things. I do believe the match and outcome are see, two different things. See, now your point meant nothing because he just turned around and made it a positive. He's an idiot. Okay. Both of those statements are false. Anyway... <laughs> I really enjoyed this match. I think it was a great start to NXT once again. They opened the show like they did the last time. I was excited about this rematch. Um, I didn't feel like it was something that I didn't want to watch, even though it was the second time I watched it. Um, a couple of spots that I thought were great was Rush kicking out of the wing clipper at the end, and then him getting finished off with a submission, pretty much set up in the same moveset. Um, both of them using each other's finishers I thought was cool. Sometimes... That gets a little played out in wrestling, but I felt like it was done pretty well between the two of these in this match. And once again, the depancing of Garza, I felt like they used it in another clever spot where he's rolling out of the ring. Mm-hmm. He's trying to get pinned. Rush is trying to get the pin on him, and he just pulls a pair of pants, and that's it. And Garza rolls out. I really enjoyed the match itself. Eventually, they're going to run out of ways to get his pants off. Yeah, they are. They are. But, but I'm, I'm loving it right now. I think it's fucking clever. I personally uh, think... When people use each other's finishers, it adds more of a, like, this is more of a personal fight feel to the match. 100%. So I did like that. Um, they're both amazing. Like like I said, the only thing I was upset with was the outcome. Match itself, great. Uh, Leo, I feel like 
we we never really got to see his wrestling showcased, and now we get to see it. We're like, wow, this dude is like he is good. Like he and Garza. I don't have anything to say about that, but he's consistent. I said that. it from, remember when we talked about the breakout tournament months ago, I said that Garza was my favorite one. And mm-hmm. I'm extremely satisfied that they continue to use him and showcase him, and now they've given him a title. Leah Rush, I feel like, I kind of felt like he was a placeholder the whole time, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the one to take it off of Gulak and basically bring it for NXT. So, not to say I didn't take him seriously as champion, but... I never intended for it to be a long reign. I kind of felt like he would lose it after That's a month That's part of the two. issue for me. That, and, and that I completely get that. But I, I think I wasn't surprised, and therefore it didn't upset me as much. It was kind of the expectation. It's a WWE thing. All right, let's get over to rants. Andrade versus Humberto. I don't understand... Why WWE is so behind Humberto? I understand, like I understand trying to build someone up, but their idea of building someone up is have them lose to AJ Styles about three or four times, or like some combination of the OC three or four times, and then announce him as the hottest rookie on on Raw. How? Like, am I just supposed to forget what's happened with him? Like, since he's came to Raw, he hasn't done anything. Anything at all. And then you put him over Andrade, who I like Andrade. I think Andrade should be treated better. I think he's extremely talented. You have him go over Andrade with a roll-up. You're not happy with the once-every-month win for Andrade? Where they make it seem like they're going to push him? And they'll usually put him up against another Spanish superstar? Yes. You're not into that? No. Also, that good point. I'm tired of seeing the Spanish people go against other Spanish people. It almost seems like... It's like WWE's thing. It's like, oh, are, are you Hispanic? Are you Hispanic? You gotta wrestle like four or five times in a row. Stop it. Stop it. They get put on other... And look, I know why you do it because you're like, they wrestle that lucha style. There won't be any botches. Well, guess what? Your super hot rookie botched the hell out of like some fancy-ass moonsault he was trying to do. Dude, that would have been cool as <laughs> shit if he hit it, but he did botch the hell out of it. Yeah. So it's like, just... And I, even when Andrade was wrestling Ray, I seen like Ray botch. Like, stop doing it. Like, I don't. I, I think the kid is talented, but we can't forget what he's done. Like, he just has lost since he's become there, and this win did nothing for him for me. All right, my next my next rant is going to go to the John Moxley squash match. I can't under. I just can't understand when you have somebody that's doing really well, somebody that's really hot, and then you put them in just a squash match. To me, it's like taking a host to them and cooling them off. Yeah, no. The last time I was able to, when he had a squash match, I was able to talk you out of it. Yeah. I'm not talking you out of this one. I completely agree. I have it on my list, too. I just didn't understand. Especially to open your show, because I believe they opened with Moxley to kind of you know combat NXT. But that's not how you do it. You don't open and be like, oh, like two-second match. Like, what? The whole, the whole purpose. Of, and they made it painfully clear before the match even started. They were talking about how Moxley had the quickest decision. On AEW. And then you have him against a jobber. So I'm like, alright. So now it's going to be an even faster match. And right. that's what they're... And that doesn't really do it for me. To see no, Moxley that beat them up. It doesn't do anything for it him. It doesn't do anything for him. So my next rant is going to go to SmackDown again. And it's going to Roman Reigns being a fucking superhero. Roman Reigns is fucking incredible, guys. I mean, the way 
that he can come out and overcome 15 guys on one, beat up 10 security guys and Corbin and Ziggler. It's just, it, it amazes me how WWE has put us back to this with Roman. They consistently have to make it so that he overcomes odds. Odds. He is the odd overcomer. The odd overcomer. And that's and when he was coming out, Corey Graves was really highlighting that by saying, what, what's Roman going to do? There's at least 15 bodies out here. There's no way. And he's just punching them. Meanwhile, we're watching it and we're going, okay, well, <laughs> Reigns going to beat the shit out of every single person in here. The other thing that I thought was kind of fucked up was he beats all these people up. He saves Kofi. He just leaves Kofi fucking handcuffed on the side. There was a moment where he's in the ring with the scepter and there's nobody in there anymore. And Kofi's handcuffed to the fucking post. He just leaves Kofi hanging. Then he starts fighting Corbin again. Corbin comes in back defense, in the ring. Kofi left him hanging last week. Everybody yeah, left yeah, him hanging. Everybody left him hanging. I mean, at least he's finally saved the poor guy. But Jesus Christ, he left him up there for ten minutes. No, we, we got to get away from this, man. I because I was I was starting to enjoy Roman, and everything is being brought back yeah. in the yep. last couple of weeks with this feud with Corbin. All right, Antonio, what do you got for Rave? My next Rave is going to go to the Dark Order. I feel like this is becoming a consistent thing on this podcast. The past few weeks since they started doing these video packages, they've always been in the Rave category. But I want to say something a little different about this one. I like that they're using actual wrestlers now. Like, when he's sitting there, like, looking at TV, I didn't really know who he was until they explained it was, you know, people who just got the hell beat out of them by Moxley earlier in the squash match. And when they're doing the, you know, the usual... Also, apparently, they own a hotel. That part is weird to me. But when they're talking, and then they eventually say his name, and he kind of looks around like... So are you tired of being a jobber, Alex? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, whoa. And then this happens again. I like that. I like the potential of this. And I'm not saying, I hope this doesn't, like, go into AEW having more squash matches and jobbers to build the Dark Order. But I like, I like it when they use actual wrestlers to fill out ranks versus just random people in mass. So it, there could be some interesting dynamic there. And the, the video practice itself was amazing. I'm extremely interested to see the long term for Dark Order and see what this all leads to. Yeah, they definitely have done a great job of taking a team that was losing a little bit too much and turning them around with these video packages. This was a really unique twist, and I had a lot of fun with it as well. All right, my next one, I'm going to go with Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Cesaro. At a moment last night when I was watching and realized how much I actually love this pairing of these three. The segment backstage with Heavy Machinery is is where it started. Um, so I guess I'm kind of I'm kind of I don't I don't know if I, if it's necessarily would be the match or the segment because I feel like it's kind of all of it. It's just those three in general that I'm really enjoying right now. I and I actually felt kind of bad for Otis when Sammy was going off on him because Otis apologized like he was so chill that he's like I'm sorry I didn't know. And Sammy just kept laying in. I'm like, good lord, Sammy, you are an asshole, man. Stop. And then as soon as, like, he, he flipped the switch so fast. As soon as Otis looked up and made eye contact, and he sensed for a second that Otis was upset, he was like, well, hang on, man. There's no reason. Like, he just instantly started backtracking. 
Then, then his buddies walk up behind him, and then we're right back to, oh, yeah. Uh, that was hilarious. And then when, um, okay, Cesaro took the ham, first of all. I thought he was going to eat it. And then he slammed it on the floor. So he got the shit out of me, because I really thought that he just wanted the ham. And he threw it on the floor, and I'm like, I, I, this, this, uh, as silly as it was, it really set up a blood feud. That, that easily. And I'm like, man, there's, there's, there's some stakes to this match. I had, I had the Otis segment specifically. Um, I liked that he had, he says, to Sammy, and, it, and he says, with eight M's, says Sammy's <laughs> reading it. And he's like, that's how he says it. <laughs> and you immediately like, Sammy! And I'm like, yep, that's probably how he says it. That was that was really cool. And, and I really WWE, wanted them to win that match, even though I also like too. heavy machinery. Uh, going into it, I was just like, I really want to be able to take this trio seriously, so I need the win here. Yeah, because we know they don't take heavy machinery seriously, so at least give us one or the other instead of just. So I, I do want to see. I do want to see these three continue to be pushed and to be in major storylines and get some wins because I'm really into them right now. It makes me sad with heavy machinery and that's that entrance. That entrance is so cool. Where Shinsuke is doing his thing, Sammy is losing his fucking mind. I can't even describe what Sammy does. And Cesaro's just kind of like chill off on the other side. So, to to talk about both. So, Cesaro and Shinsuke together, I think would be super fucking boring. But when you add Sam, like Sammy makes everything with this. Yeah. And that's just a credit to how good Sammy is at what he's doing right now. And then as far as heavy machinery, it's really disappointing that they're where they're at. Because I fucking love Otis, man. That is That is a great personality. I think he's fun to watch wrestling. But I agree. we just know the expectation there. But yeah. I hope I hope they I think they did the right thing here. I think they'll come around on heavy machine. One day maybe. Like, but I do hope that they continue to push Cesaro and Shinsuke because I think they have something there. But it's a, it's also I was thinking too is a little confusing because the tag match thing and Shinsuke having the singles uh, title. I yeah I agree. But we've seen that with the IC belt kind of. I mean let's. And be it's honest. another case of like is it is this it was. And so, just so we don't sound hypocritical, it's kind of like blurred the lines of: Is this another case of single competitors going over the tag team division, or are we meant to view this unit as a tag team? So I'm not really clear on what the direction yeah, for that is. Exactly. That's a that's a good point, and that's a that's an internal struggle that we're going to have until they make it more clear. My next rave is going to go to. Man. You know what? I'm going to give it to Raw and the Monday after the weekend update. With the Street Profits. At that point, Raw, I was getting a little frustrated. Um, I wasn't having a great time with Raw this week. And then this came on. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And we're all looking at each other. I hope they do this without playing it out. Because we know WWE loves to find a way to play things out. I hope they continue to do this for a little while. Because I had so much fun with it. And this is just... The Street Profits are really good. And stuff like this. It's unfortunate that it came right after they lost the tag team title match. But this role right here is perfect for the Street Profits because they do such a good job of stuff like this. I agree. That was probably the most entertaining part oh, of Oh, without a doubt, yeah. The only thing I, I want to see is I need WWE to balance out their load more. We understand that they're entertaining. And like they're a big part of you know the backstage segments every Monday. But they can wrestle. So I don't want to see them lose to the Viking Raiders and then they have the segment, which was great. I don't want to see them be just a personality. 
because they're great wrestlers, and I feel like WWE needs to find a way to balance that out for them. Yeah, well, they're a tag team, so they just have so few tag teams. I think that really <laughs> odds are there's against nothing them. to even do. What are the tag teams on Raw? It's because they they kill they kill their tag team division time and time again. Any match they give them, other than the Viking Raiders, would probably be just looked at as this is a squash match. I mean, and think about it too. Like the way the Street Profits even got that tag team title match, they hadn't really been won anything, right? Yeah. They've had a couple of six man tags. Yep. They they weren't set up for that tag team title match, and then they lose a the tag team title match, and you're just like, well, when you do that, it's really hard to build them back up. When you get them to the pinnacle that quick and they lose it's really hard to get them back up top to where you're like I really want them to win the tag team titles so at that point it kind of sours it alright what do you got for rant Antonio I am going to rant about Dakota Kai I I feel like this is heading towards another botched heel turn I really enjoyed what she did at War Games. It was it actually surprised me, um, and I, you know I kind I didn't fully get behind her yet, but I was like, all right, this is different, this is unique, and then I just haven't been able to take her seriously, and it is not her fault. It is strictly booking. So yeah, she won the match against me again, but pretty much was kind of sort of getting handled for most of it. But after she won, and in which the way you know she. Threw her into the turnbuckle, or me and him really kind of just threw herself into the turnbuckle. Afterwards, she gets put through a table. And it's like, okay, isn't Dakota supposed to be the next big bag like Hill on NXT for the women's roster? Where are you going with her? See, that's the thing. I don't think that's the intention. What do you think the intention is? Just to have somebody who can get beat up. That's stupid. Because all, here's, here's how I, I hate to... Criticize something for the future. But we just seen her get beat up by Mia Yim. Eventually, Tegan Knox is going to come back and beat the shit out of her. So it's like, what was the point of change? Well, maybe you're right. Maybe they did just change it. That's, that's what, what I'm telling you, man. The hell beat yeah, all over consistently. If that's the case, it's a, it's a missed opportunity. Because it was done really well. I enjoyed the character. And unfortunately, I felt the same way as you. And this was actually my next rant with her needing the exposed turnbuckle to beat Mia Yim. Me, so yeah, it was a, also a way for Ripley to overcome the odds. Yeah. Um, me, to beat Mia Yim? Who the fuck is Mia Yim? Why does she need an exposed term? She's the HBS. Yeah. No, she's, the, she's the hood. What do you say? The hood rat in charge. Oh, my goodness. That's what Nigel called her. I, I hate her. I hate her, too. And this pissed me off because it's just like I want to see Kai successful. And I hate when WWE has to... And I know this is NXT and it's a completely different entity, but we see it on both sides where the heels just need something cheap to always win. Yep. And it's, oh, you know what, guys? It is okay for a heel to beat a face straight up. It's okay. Well, no, They not. can generate heat in different ways other than cheap wins. I agree with that statement, but also, if you're going to do something like that, have it tie into a storyline. Like, if she would have used the knee brace to beat her somehow, it would have been like, okay. Like, that, that makes sense, like, because she's still carrying around as a trophy for beating out of Tegan Knox. But the whole turnbuckle, turnbuckles in general are like the women's division's worst enemy, even when they're not exposed. Oh, well, you hit a turnbuckle and you're a woman. It's done. Just pin her. It's yep. a wrap. 
Alright, my next rant is going to go to the Seth Rollins reveal. It wasn't necessarily the worst thing, but for a company that has as much money as they do, as many employees as they do, as many writers as they do, there's got to be a thousand better ways to have done it. Something that is a major plot point. I think there's a million other ways that they could have done it. Other than for him to consistently say, I have nothing to do with it. And then for some reason, he's sitting in a chair in the back of a van. And then Kevin touches him. And then they beat him up. And then it's like, whoa, who's in the van, man? And then Seth turns around and he says, it's me, Austin. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was me all along. I don't remember that. I, just, I, I, I wasn't into it. It could have been done a lot better. I'm happy that we're getting to where we're going with Seth. But it could have been much better. I completely agree. I did, this whole storyline has been confusing, and we, I, I well, I didn't say because I wasn't on the podcast, but you guys even kept saying, depending how they execute this, this could be good or bad, and I feel like they just, like, messed up the execution of it pretty bad. Like, it was, it's like, it's great to see, all right, now we have, we know Seth is definitely heel, but to, it, I don't understand. It's like, no, I didn't take your oatmeal cream pie. No, I didn't take your oatmeal cream pie. You know what? I took your oatmeal cream pie because you said I took your oatmeal cream Wait, pie. Wait, what? You took like, my you I took my oatmeal cream pie? Yeah, that was a really weird example. That was one of the weirdest examples I've ever had. Yeah. And if you take my oatmeal cream pie tomorrow, I will beat your ass. Whoa. Is that a threat, buddy? <laughs> it was clearly a threat in the video, yes. Are you going to do something? You're you not welcome you. in my home. How about that? Well, then at least you won't take my oatmeal cream pie. Don't be a bitch, Antonio. Fight him. Yeah, fight him. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Antonio versus Gray. Uh, Roy, you're spot on. There, I I will say, you know what? I think at the end this is going to work out. I really do. I do too. They're going to be able to save it, but man, this this could have been so cool, right? Yep. And it was what we wanted. We wanted him to turn heel, but it made it so obvious yeah. to us. Like, just think, just something very small and subtle, right? When AOP attacks. Kevin Owens, instead of just ignoring Seth Rollins or looking at him and going, hey, what's up, dude? And then leaving the ring and making it obvious, how about just have Seth escape? Mm-hmm. Something that small. Because then we're not going, okay, well, AOP didn't attack Seth, so we know he's involved, right? At least if he gets out, mm-hmm. we're left wondering a little bit. There's some small sort of detail. Instead, it was just from the start. We're like, well, okay. Also, we this segment it. started with Seth coming to the ring and calling out AOP to fight them. Yeah. Which, which I don't get what they were even trying to go for with all of this. So I actually thought it would have been hilarious uh, if Seth continued to say, I have no idea why AOP is doing this. So everything that Seth does, everybody that he's involved with and he's shooting with, is consistently getting beat up by AOP. And Seth is just always like... I have nothing to do with AOP. I don't know why this is happening. And then eventually we can get to a point where there is some kind of figure or something that we know they're answering to. And Seth does this big reveal and he's like, it was me. And then whoever he's shooting with at the time is like, no shit, Seth. And he's like, hey, you shut up. Like something like that. Okay, like, that would have been good. That would have been pretty I good. mean, honestly, I, I'd have been okay with him kicking the shit out of Kevin Owens and be like, I have no idea why they're doing this. Yeah. I. It could have been done in a lot of different ways. Actually, think of that. Think of that. That's that's hilarious too. Imagine Seth is stomping Kevin. <laughs> AOP is stomping Kevin. Seth has the microphone stone. He's like, I don't know why AOP. <laughs> I don't know why they're this. doing this. <laughs> See, that would be great. That would be hilarious, right? Yes. All right, we'll move on. My next rant is going to NXT. 
And it's going to go really, I, I don't want to pinpoint one match here. I guess I will. It felt like most of the matches were filler the whole night. I don't know how you guys felt. Um, they had Bianca Belair and... So, did you just rant about all of the matches on NXT? No, I'll use one in particular, but okay. I felt like the show itself with their pacing of the matches, that's why I said it, everything was was, was filler. Um, but I'll use Breezango and the Bollywood Boys as my example. Okay. It, I'm just... I'm trying... I Normally, NXT, I really enjoy watching NXT. And, man, this was a hard one to watch because I felt like match after match was just something I really didn't want to see and very obvious who would win on most yeah. of the matches. And it, it takes you out of your element once you see a couple of those. I can live with like one or two. I get it. But when your whole show is basically showcasing talent by facing talent that you know is not going to beat them, at some point you're just like, all right, you know, I'm watching the same thing over and over again here. Oh. All right, Antonio, what do you got for Rave? What happened, everybody? He's, he's got to unlock his phone and... You know, he's not very prepared. He just... Hey, I'm always very prepared. He's just rubbing his chin. Jericho to Moxley. You like don't even... That, first that off, what are you even rubbing? I got stubble, motherfucker. I think you're going stubble, motherfucker. You want to feel it? No, I don't want to feel... Do you want to feel it? I don't want to feel anything on you. Okay. Are you guys wow. going to fight or not? Are you wearing the same shirt? No. Are you wearing the same shirt as me? He has a blank shirt. No, Mine I, clearly has graphics. There's a graphic. on He just can't see There's it. no fucking... What is the yes, graphic is. on your shirt? Probably a fucking astronaut because it's all no, no, it's a Volcom shirt. It's a what? Volcom shirt. What is that? A brand. A, what is it for, jackass? Wow, it's a brand. What the? What do you mean? What is it? What for? is it? You're not even it's Russian. It's enjoyable. Like if you shirt. see the fucking Velveeta logo, you would say, "Oh, this is macaroni and cheese." What is the brand? A t-shirt brand. Okay. That's stupid. Wow. Yeah. You know what? Fucking carry on. Thank you, you guys. My are... wayward son. I like that song. Uh, I like the Jericho and Moxley promo a lot. Um, I think it added more of a personal touch. I know a lot of people don't typically enjoy AEW uh, going, like, kind of directly mentioning WWE or going back to past things that happened in WWE, but I think in this case it was warranted. I like that Jericho basically was like, look, I res he kind of was like, I respect you. I've seen you, like, we put each other through hell. Uh, outside of the matches, you would message me personally when you were feeling down, when you were, you know, not in a good place at the old place. You messaged me for advice. So I think it adds more of a personal thing, even though it's definitely just ends in Moxley saying, no, fuck you, I'm not joining the Inner Circle, fuck the Inner Circle, I'm going to beat the shit out of all eight of you. I'm a goddamn I'm renegade. Yeah, I'm a goddamn, well, he's not a lunatic. He's a, what is it? The purveyor of violence now or some shit like that. So... I don't like when they bring up WWE kind of like throwing shade constantly. Every now and then it's fun. I love this was, shade throwing. I love the petty shit. This man. was completely different though. It was cool to see them acknowledge a WWE past. And it wasn't taking shots nope. at WWE. It was simply to build the feud. I thought that was a lot of fun. He brought up being on 69 Tax. The fucking Mitch plant. These are things that we loved about yep. that feud and remember. And I thought that was really cool. And a lot of it, I without knowing 100% how true it is, did feel like the things Jericho was saying about him reaching out to Jericho were true. Mm -hmm. I know he was on Jericho's show as soon as he came over to AEW. Yeah, th that's I remember that too, and I feel like that kind of makes it like, oh, that probably... That makes sense, true. right? Yeah, yeah, so I really enjoyed that. I thought that was neat. All right, my next rave is going to go to Eric Rowan. What is in that burlap sack? <laughs> 
I need to know, ladies and gentlemen, what is in that burlap sack? You're trying to hurt somebody I love. Oh my goodness. Okay, so genius move by whoever he was facing. Uh, and if the referee had did his fucking job and started counting when both people were outside of the ring, he might have won that. But for some reason, this person, who to my knowledge, it was their first match in WWE, had to tell the referee, excuse me, sir, but there are people outside of the ring, maybe you should count. And the referee said, oh, my dear, one, two, because at that point he realized he should probably fucking count. And Eric Rowan ran back down and murdered the man. Yeah, he paid. He paid for it. He paid for that. I mean, it was clever, and kudos to him, but I don't... We were we were all talking about like man that was smart and then by the end of it we're thinking maybe that wasn't so smart. Yeah, that honestly I I'm still gonna give him credit. That was the most clever job I've ever seen. Yeah, it was brilliant. He runs out and I'm like oh god he's gonna do the same thing as everybody else and just look in the set. He I said no fuck he it. Took he took ran. off. He took off. And then I'm like all right what the hell is he doing? And then I'm like I'm I see him rolling going out the ring. I'm like holy shit this is this is genius. And then what happened at the end when he got in through the 4 to 10 count was not genius. He got obliterated yeah. by Rowan. The ref even just stopped the match. It didn't even really... He, that was one time where he should have stopped the match. That shit was over. Um, my next rave is going to go to Raw. And it's going to go to the Seth Rollins promo after the nonsense that happened. His promo, he I felt like he did a great job of taking something that didn't make a lot of sense and making a little bit more sense out of it. What did he say? He was upset about an oatmeal cream pie or something, right? Yeah, something about an oatmeal cream pie. <laughs> okay. Um, this is this is why we won Seth Rollins heel, right? It was the first time in a long time that he cut a promo and I felt like it was Seth Rollins again. Yeah. It was uh, It was his personality. Time to some more Seth Rollins shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if only if he stops saying "burn it down," I really want. Why stop would he say? Burn I don't think he'll say "burn it down." Did he anymore. say it when he was? No, I don't think so. I almost wish he. I kind of wish he would start saying it even more. Just ironically, more than an asshole. To the shit out of He's like, and you, I'm gonna burn it down. And when I'm done burning that down, I'm gonna burn this down. I think this was a good example of him, kind of give given something that wasn't that great and turning it into something much better, and because of that. It saved the whole heel turn for me, and I feel like he's going to make something great out of it. Okay. All right, Antonio, you are the A in R, but that means you're next. What's your rant? What? Okay. Because the rotation this week is ARB. You right. have the rotation. I just write the first letter of each person's I'm name. I'm just going to say this. And so hold on for a second. I'm still talking. He's still talking. So the rotation this week is Antonio, Roy, Blake, and that equals ARB. You are clever. Thank you. Uh, and Arbor, go ahead. I can talk? Yes. Yes. Uh, so, my next rant is going to go to the women's tag team match on SmackDown that involved Nikki Cross. Okay. Nikki Cross. Nikki! Thank you. Alexa Bliss and Mandy and Sonya. They beat the hell out of them in the beginning of the match. Outside of the ring, and then they, I don't remember this happening. To be honest, really, did it happen? It did happen. Yeah, okay. they beat them up during the entrance, and then they got in the ring and then lost in like like three minutes. I don't understand what WWE is doing with Mandy and Sonya. I think Sonya more than Mandy is talented, 
they're a good tag team. Why are they regulated to just jobbing for the women's tag team? That's reason? that's the thing. That's their role. That's what they've assigned them to. Like, that's I, what they've decided they are. That's stupid, though. They could be so much more. Like you, the talent is there. The character work is like is there. People like hate them naturally. So why are you just using them to put over Nikki Cross and Alexa, who don't need to be put over? Also, why are you tag teaming them again? Let them both go do their own thing. Like I'm tired of seeing it. I'm okay with them being a tag team because they desperately need some tag teams in the women's division. But how did you feel about this finish? I thought that was really weird, the way they did it. I don't know if you recall. I don't recall. So Mandy got pulled out of the ring, and the camera was on Mandy getting pulled out of the ring. Nikki hit her finisher. The camera wasn't even on the finisher. And then it cuts to Nikki pinning Sonya for a three count. I feel like that's just bad camera work. Like <laughs> it, was, it was really odd, and I felt like the match itself was very predictable. I knew that Alexa and Nikki would come out with the win here. All right, I'm up next. I am the R in ARB, and I'm going to go with Sami Zayn getting his managerial license. Even though I think that this particular excuse is hilarious, and in some ways I'm completely okay with it. Did you say rave? Rant. Rant. um, I, I love the idea that he's just like, yeah, I applied for my managerial license, so now I'm here. But overall, his presence, it didn't feel needed. Him being there didn't really add anything to it. And I just would rather we go full in on this brand split and keep it a brand split for a while before we start doing stuff like this. And it's so close to all the stuff that just happened with Survivor Series, which was so close to Brock Lesnar having to quit an entire brand to be allowed to show up on another one. It just compromises too much of their own rules. I had this on my list too, and I feel like WWE is making it a point to keep coming up with idiotic excuses to why superstars are on another show. Uh, the Brock one was the best one because it was it was well played. It was I quit because I want to go over there and beat the hell out of Rey Mysterio, so I quit this show. That made sense. But then you had the Bailey thing to where. They literally just said, oh, Bailey doesn't follow the rules. She does what she wants. That's why she's going between all the shows. Uh, stop. And then, Sammy, I uh, know you're surprised why I'm here. Maybe if they didn't take the time to explain why they're allowed to be on all the shows, it would make it a little better. That's definitely the problem. No, you don't think not. so? No. Why would it be better for them to just show up on whatever show they I would have rather Sammy just showed up and then be like, why the hell? Wild card. But, but him, like, I feel like him saying... Oh, I know you're wondering why I'm here. I had a managerial license, so I can go between both. Shows. I did. It just makes it feel like WWE is now forcing, like forcing a reason why he's there. Like just have him not there, or just don't say like stop giving us reasons. I actually liked his reason. I thought his reason was acceptable. I'll tell you what. When his music hit, I was fucking confused. I, I know that. So, with that happening, I was like, I was kind of curious to be like, what the fuck is Sammy doing here? Mm-hmm. But that's a rant because of everything that Roy said. It's just WWE. Why are we? Why are we opening up that can of worms? You know, we we work so hard to get out of the wild card and to do the brand split, and it's just you start to lose faith in their in their way of just keeping it the way it needs to be. Every now and then is okay if it if it makes sense. Like for Survivor Series, I wasn't too upset. It made sense, right? That's how you build Survivor Series. They've done that for the last. 
however fucking long. But this didn't make any sense. There was no need for Sammy to be on Raw. Also, he was just tied in with Mojo Raleigh for what? Yeah. I, fuck Mojo Raleigh. Anyway, wow. my next rant is going to go to Raw. And it's Becky Lynch beating the Kabuki Warriors 2-1 with a DQ. I had that. They did a great job last week with Charlotte and the Kabuki Warriors in coming out with both of them looking pretty strong, which is a rarity. And they pushed their luck and tried to do it again and never faced Becky. And at this point, with the interaction with Charlotte and Becky, we knew what the bill was going to be. It was going to be a tag team match at TLC. I didn't need to see Becky go to a moment with them and win with the DQ to set up that match. It was already set. I didn't need this match. And the Kabuki Warriors, honestly, at this point, I'm going to be completely honest with the both of you. I have to lose the titles. I'm, I'm bored of it now. And I, mean, I don't even want to see the belts I, on Becky and Charlotte. I don't. But they ruined them already. I don't agree with that statement at all. I mean, I just, for one, I don't trust WWE to have them beat Becky and Charlotte. I don't think they ever would have set up this match for Becky and Charlotte to lose. I really don't. And I hope I'm proven wrong because maybe maybe I can I can change my mindset a little bit with WWE. But I, I do think Becky and Charlotte lose. Really? Because it's a TLC match. It's easy. It's I feel like it's easier to swing them losing. Because here's like the thing, that. Blake. How will these two coexist? See... See, at the end of this, we know we're going to get a Becky and Charlotte feud, right? Because that's all we ever get. And I feel like WWE loves to play the we're tag team champions card, but we don't coexist. How many fucking times have we seen that to build up a match for another title? They don't care about these tag belts, man. None of them. The women's, the men's, it doesn't matter. They don't care about them, and I just feel like they're going to throw it. It's a good way to get Charlotte a tag team title because it's the only title she hasn't had. And we're going to deal with Becky and Charlotte for the next month or two. All right. My next rave. Oh, Antonio, I guess you can go. Thank you. My next rave is Asuka and Kari Zane. Because I think... I, I, I don't... The program... Ladies and gentlemen, for the second time tonight, it's Rhett versus Rave! And the reason I'm challenging you on this is because there's no reason that those two should be highlighted this week. They didn't do anything good with them. That's it? Yeah. They didn't That's do anything good with them. They got disqualified for beating the hell out of Becky Lynch with a chair. Yeah, because then they couldn't they beat went, her 2-1-1, Antonio. Yeah, but then they went into the back after Becky and Charlotte are talking, which you think you're just going to get the usual, which we did. And they beat her down while the other one was right around the corner and somehow couldn't hear it. That's not on them. That's on WWE. That's not on Austin. Everything that they do, you could say, is on WWE. But how are you going to say, oh, the other person didn't do anything, that's why they're stupid? That doesn't make Oscar and Kyrie Zane stupid. That makes what I'm saying is that Oscar and Kyrie Zane did not do anything this week, in my opinion, that deserves to be a rave. You got to remember, the scoring is in the context of the show. So you would be giving Raw a point. Yeah, I know. For essentially, for doing what? For Asuka and Kari Zane pretty much beating the hell out of them. I feel like they're really enjoying themselves with like this whole change and everything. I personally think they win the tag match. I was entertained by what they did because I didn't expect it. I expected it to just, they like I said, Becky and Charlotte in the back. Yeah, you know, I want to join your team. And that's it. That's all we get. They leave the room. She leaves the room. And then it's like, well, shit, now I'm getting the shit beat out of me again. And it's like, 
I did not expect that. They just got finished beating the shit out of her, and they went to the back and continued, and then basically were like, yeah, let's go. Like, I, we accept the challenge. We're, we're not afraid of you. We don't care who you are. Well, they, they she actually, actually challenged them to challenge her. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> that but that's fair. I, I understand what you're saying. Go ahead, so, Or are you, are you done? I'm done. So, yeah, I pretty much said most of what I needed to say is that I don't think either of these deserve a rave because your tag team champions for the second week in a row were in 2-1-1. This time they couldn't win 2-1-1. Then they did a beatdown 2-1-1 with the other person right around the corner. It doesn't make any sense why the, the other one wouldn't have been able to hear that. They weren't far away from the door. They challenged to be challenged. The whole thing was... there's. I don't feel like there's anything to rave about with these two this particular week. I agree with Roy. I think that a lot of the things that they did didn't make them look good. I felt like the match itself was just a complete negative because, like I said... I'd already ran on that in the see, backstage, I'm, I'm, and and I know you're you're more towards the backstage segment. Yes, yeah, right? I'm confused. I said nothing about the match. I, I hate the match. I'm, the I'm match continuing. I'm ra- continuing on the back, but the backstage segment was just a continuation of what they did in the match, ending it with a DQ. And I felt like if you did that, because they have to connect, right? Mm-hmm. It, as far as the story, they connect. And your if, your initial statement was that your rave was the Kabuki Warriors. Yes. yes. Them. The, right. That backstage segment, if they would have done it that way to build the match, it would have been a rave. But the problem is, it was after they had just lost, so these parts are connected. And with that, I can't rave about it because I felt like it was poor. It was a poor way to set up the match. They don't look. They are not going into this match with me having any expectation whatsoever of them winning the match, at all. All right. So next up for me on rave, I'm gonna go with. I have a lot to choose from here. And I'm trying to decide. I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with Butcher, Blade, Marshall, and Cody. For this match, I was I was really aggravated right from the start because it was clear with Cody's tag team partner who was getting the win and who was taking the pin. And somehow, halfway through it, they made me think like Cody and this guy are about to win. And maybe even this guy is going to get the pin. They really, they made, and I hope I hope I have the right name, but they made Marshall really stand out to where the next time that he is in a match, I'm going to pay attention to him now. Because he, he really stood out in that match for me. I thought he was pretty funny. He had some really good spots where I was like, okay. And even though it did end up being uh, Butcher and the Blade that won, it would Really, it should have been because how are you going to take them seriously if they don't? This was just a, an example of taking a wrestling trope and just adding your own twist on it just enough that it ends up being okay. It's not on my list at all, but I completely disagree with you. So you can challenge me. It doesn't have to be on your it list. It doesn't have to be it on the list. list. No. Oh, well, then ring the bell. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Rant versus Ray. Uh, well, I guess I pretty much said everything that I liked about it. What, what, what do you It was say? extreme. I knew what the outcome of the match was. We all did. From the beginning. So everything that happened in the match to me meant nothing. Like, I already knew he's going to eat the pin. 
That's how Cody loses. So it's like, yeah, he's doing all this cool stuff, and I agree. He did look impressive. Like, he himself looked really good. But in the back of my mind, it's all it's like, all this is for nothing, because I know you're just eating the pin for this, like, to build this program between MJF and Cody. That's the whole reason why MJF chose you as Cody's partner, because he knew you weren't that good, and you would, you would take the pin. And so that ties into it, too, is there was a reason for it. He said you can, you can choose the partner. And so that's why it ended up being this. It wasn't just Cody's a dumbass who chose whatever random person. And also there was a long-term purpose to it. And we got that with Darby Allen after the match. So it wasn't just a after the squash, like that's just it. There was everything worked together very well, I think. I mean, like I said, I just think the match was too predictable. It was extremely predictable. I also, I like Darby. I don't like the whole proposition of if we beat the Butcher and the Blade, we get a rematch. I would like to see Darby versus Cody, but now it feels like you're kind of jumbling up too many storylines within each other. I love it. Absolutely like, love it. I hate when everything is isolated to just these two people talk and punch each other every week. I like when everybody is connected. So there isn't anything I dislike more than a match that's has a job running in a very predictable setup. Mm -hmm. With that being said, I felt like they tied this together really well. Um, Cody's cockiness and overconfidence in himself and just saying, you know what, a partner with anybody, you choose a partner, bit him in the ass. I felt like it was good storytelling with MJF going, okay, I'll pick the partner and it's going to be QT Marshall. So, like you said, it come in, I'm like, all right, well, we know that QT Marshall's going to be the one pinned here. But I'll tell you what, I had a lot of fun with this match. QT Marshall hit some spots I wasn't expecting. <laughs> they could have just made this boring and had him get his ass kicked. That little, that short-ass roll he did over the top rope where he just <laughs> fell straight down on top of him. The crowd, the crowd helped. They were behind him. They started chanting his name. I had a lot of fun with that. And it changed my mind, I have to admit. They, they made something that I normally would not enjoy enjoyable. And I felt like it was pretty good storytelling, and they did a great job with it. And the right team got the win. We didn't get anything corny where Cody overcame the odds, which I see way too often. Um, I was really hoping Marshall was going to get the pin, honestly. I, I was so behind him in that match. I, honestly, if that would have happened, this wouldn't even be a Rat versus Ray for me. Because it actually would have surprised me. Yeah. But you know what? Some I really, I really I struggle with this because... Sometimes we got to be a little bit outside the box, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we got to make things that don't always work for us work. And I feel like they made it work this time, so I will give it a rave. All right, Blake, what do you got? So my next rave is going to the interview with Miz and the cut to Monroe playing with the puppets from Firefly Funhouse. This was, I, it's funny because we brought this up. Last week. Yeah, with the and we Miz wanted, and Mrs. stuff. We wanted the Miz and Mrs. stuff to kind of intertwine with this story. And they did a fucking great job. Yep. And they're just... And and what we were, were... I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay. We, we know it's coming, but I was just curious in what way they were going to do it. And I thought that cutback with having Monroe and Eric Puppets was great. I think they've done a really good job of taking what... Sometimes was getting a little bland with the with the fiend, and now having Bray Wyatt have a story, and the fiend is busy with Daniel Bryan, but mm -hmm. Bray Wyatt is focused on the Miz. I really love this, 
And I can't wait to see what they do with it because they, they've done pretty much exactly what we asked for, right? We wanted to see Bray Wyatt, and we're getting it. And I really enjoyed this segment. Yeah, I'm this, really... Go ahead, Antonio. I'm really happy they did the split between Bray Wyatt and The Fiend. I said before, like, I feel like it adds a lot of dimension to the character. And I, I kind of... I would, because with The Fiend, you know what you're getting. Like, he's just going to come out, he's going to beat the hell out of you, he's not going to say much. So as far as, like, building the character, it's all up to the Bray Wyatt side of things to do that. Because otherwise, the theme becomes really bland really quickly. And I think that that that's excellent that they're going to have Bray Wyatt just doing the match himself. Versus, like, it's like, oh, the, like, they're treating it as two separate entities. Which is what you should do in this case. This segment also had a high contender for the episode title. And that was... Marine 5 was fire! Yes. <laughs> yes. That was hilarious. I, like, dude, so TLC, this is probably my favorite thing about TLC, I have to say. Because I want to see how Bray comes out. What is it? It's not going to be the same music, I would think. It's probably going to be something true. different. I want to see how his character is coming to the ring. I want to see how they do this match. I think um, TLC is going to be a good pay-per-view tomorrow. I think what so. Think? I, I think some of the... The build-up to it was forced. I think the, some of the stories and outcomes aren't the most interesting, but the people that are wrestling one another, I know that they're going to put on some good matches. I agree. I agree. This this one, 100%, is my favorite one, though, and I can't wait to see how it goes down. All right, Antonio, you are on your final rant of the evening. No jingle? I was waiting for a jingle. It's the final rant of the evening. It's the final My rant. final rant. Hang on, we're doing a jingle. Jingle okay. time. Okay, hang on. And the rant, it's right now. Here's the rant. Final. 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 Rant. Drew McIntyre squashed Matt Hardy. I love Drew McIntyre in NXT. I don't know how he got, how they mishandled him so much. Once he moved to the main roster, we've seen him regulate it to the I'm just a really big guy that protects other guys role and I'm just going to come out and do say I'm going to do all this but lose. And I feel like it's too little it's too little too late with with Drew. It's uh, him, too late. It, it definitely. It like him being Matt Hardy does nothing for him to me. Uh, Matt Hardy I understand is older. He's putting he's putting guys over. But you can't put Drew McIntyre over. He's done. He's dead. Like, stick a fork in him. You ruined him, WWE. I'll never be. He's, he is the new Ziggler to me. And that is, that's really, I am really sad to say that. I'm sad to even say it about Ziggler. But the WWE, they've left me no choice but to feel that way about him. I don't even necessarily look at this as a resurgence or a push for Drew. I... We have done this over the past few years. It's literally just get him these wins. That way he can lose this next feud and the other person gets more out of it. That's all it is. Not only that, it's actually, the way I see it, it's very similar. But it's it's not for a feud. It's for the Rumble. He's going to be that popular big man. Every year we have that popular big man who's winning matches to make you think that he has a chance to win the Rumble. When we all know clearly that... He's not going to win the Rumble. I don't. I don't think WWE would ever have him win the Rumble at this point, because we've seen what they've done with him over the past few years. Maybe we're wrong. If so, that would be great. I think that would be something different if they could fuck, fucking twist it up on us finally. But to me, it's just yeah, 
He's winning for the Rumble, and then he'll be back. He'll be back to maiming people and losing matches. My final rant is going to go to Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin walking around backstage. And every time someone's on the ground, they say, What's going on here? It felt so lazy. that, And it made them both seem stupid because they couldn't figure it out. They're like, Whoa, what's going on here? And then they would go into a different room and people are laying down. And they're like, Oh, what's going on here? It was really stupid. I'm not even going to talk about it anymore beyond that. <laughs> it was spot on. So my, this is our final rant, right? Yes. F- f- final, final rant. My final rant is going to go to the commentary not acknowledging Tully Blanchard missing when Sean Spears came out. I thought that was a really weird and missed opportunity there to tell the story of what was happening. So Spears comes out and he always has, he's always accompanied by Tully Blanchard. I, I'm going against Blake on this. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for rant. Versus Ray! I really had to think about it because I was like, this isn't on my list once again, but you said we can do that. Mm-hmm. I like that commentary didn't say anything because it made it more... Think about what you said earlier about how they kept pointing out that Dean Ambrose held the record for the fastest win time. And it made it really apparent that he was going to break that record. By them saying nothing about Tully, I just thought, alright, maybe Tully's not with them. Maybe he's at home. Like, maybe he's not actually... At the venue, like, nothing nothing within a storyline. Maybe he's, like, at home or something. Like, maybe Sean told him, like, I can, I got a partner I can handle this on my own. So, with them saying nothing, I had no idea what was going to happen when the lights went out and they showed him, like, tied up. It was like, oh, damn. So, that's where Tully is. So, like, I think them not mentioning it made that moment better. Otherwise, if they would have said, oh, Tully is, is uh, for some reason, not with Sean... Immediately, your mind goes to, all right, well, something must have happened to him. It's like, something like, so that. The, well, I, well, yeah, well, first I was supposed to go first, but I didn't really finish, and that's okay. But, yeah, if they make it fucking predictable, Antonio, if they go, where's Tully Blanchard? Well, yeah, of course I'm going to think that. But it was weird as shit that Sean Spiracy looks back, and I, I'm seeing his face, and for someone who, let's say someone who doesn't watch AEW, right? They're probably like, what the fuck is he looking around for? You know, like, what? Who? Why is he acting like that? And and Tully doesn't show up. It should have been something very subtle to where they're like, well, that's interesting. Maybe they could have said, you know, maybe Tully's not coming out for this match. They could have said, maybe Tully was See, out for tonight. I don't know. I, and I'm not going to give you a perfect example of mm-hmm. what should have been said. But I thought it was really odd that they didn't say anything. And the whole thing itself with Janela was... I thought that was done with. I thought that feud was over. So I would, I never would have put it together that Tully was missing because of Joey Janela. Even if they would have made it to where they acknowledged it, and that's why I didn't like it because you have a you have a good point there. But that feud was over, right? We thought that was done with. Janela just fought Moxley. I thought this was over, so I wouldn't have put that together. So I thought it was really odd that they didn't say anything at all, you and see, it was just skipped. I had mentioned something about the looking back thing. I even said something to Rowan, and I was like, he was looking like Tully was supposed to come out, but he just turned around and immediately started walking to the ring. Mm-hmm. How many times have we seen NXT in the past and uh, other promotions, in, well, it's only two other promotions in the past, when, like, for example, someone undisputed era comes out, sometimes, which now they don't, they'll just come out with them and go to the back. They'll kind of just look to the back and be like, no, I don't need it. Like, they'll just shake their head, and it's like, they'll the, the commentators will say, oh, well, clearly they don't need backup for this match. Like, 
stuff like that has happened before. So I took it as one of those type of deals where he's look and he's like, you know, what? I don't even need Tully. Like, look who the hell I'm going against. Like, so I like I think if the commentators would have mentioned it, then I would have known something was wrong. With them not mentioning it, I didn't know anything was wrong. I just thought Sean Spears was like, screw it, I don't need him for this match. I got a partner. Yeah, see, I, I think your your point would hold more water if they wouldn't have just showed Tully after that. You know points can't hold water, right? Well, this point don't hold water, period. Because tell, they showed Tully after that. So, he's still fresh in your mind. Tully's on the screen talking about how that that he wants him to be a tag team, right? How he thinks they could be a good fit and he should find a solid tag team. So, it's not like we forgot about Tully. He was on the screen... So even if they don't acknowledge it and they don't say anything, they just show Tully. So you're still going to go, okay, it's weird that Tully's not out here. And I took that as because now commentators did say this. They said he must, he's scouting them. He said he's trying to he said he's he's going he's trying to see how they work together and see if they can bring Kip Sabian on. So I viewed that as that was the whole purpose for his video package. Like this is why he's teaming with Sean Spears. I never once again I never questioned why he was like. God, I just thought it was. I'm looking like he's actually legitimately watching the videos in the back of everything in the match. Like, actually trying to recruit. Because the way they worked it up was like he's really trying to recruit people to work with Sean Spears. Why wouldn't he scout right there at the ring, though? It feels like it was it was very, it was left unanswered then. You're like, okay, so he's scouting, but he's not at the ring. And they never acknowledged him never coming to the ring. Don't mean the cross jars, but in football, they don't scout. Like, they scout at combines and stuff, but most of the work done as far as, like, looking at tendencies and stuff and how someone is is done watching videos. I, I Trust me, you know <laughs> yeah, how much yeah, I no, love football. Yes. But I'm not going to give <laughs> them that. Stretch. Yeah, that's yeah stretch, that, that makes sense. <laughs> I get that, but that's not you know. I'm not gonna have that takeaway because Tully's always there. So I'm not. I'm sure he wasn't like you know what. Fuck it. I'm not gonna show up to the ring. I'm just gonna watch tape of this one. You know. I just mm-hmm. felt like they missed an opportunity to tell the story. End of the day, I'm I'm saying I don't think AEW deserves a rant for a commentator not mention, for not mentioning a manager is not there. I think not mentioning it, like I said, uh, definitely made it more unpredictable. Okay. Good, Rob. All right. I think that uh, I may. Institute a first time ever and a new rule here, and we'll have to discuss it further and see if we're going to continue to use it going on. But I think that both sides are completely correct, and I'm just going to weigh this as a neutral, and I'm not going to give it either way because I don't think it deserves a rant or a rave. I agree with what you said, Blake. It's weird for them not to talk about it, it's weird not to have a reason for it, but at the same time, the very second that they pointed out that he wasn't there. I would know what direction we're headed in. So really, there was no winning situation. And I think it's... I don't think it deserves a rant or a rave, so I'm just going to leave it as a neutral. That's okay. right. Yeah, that's right. Um, is this final rave, right? Yes. It's the final rave now! That's the jingle for final rave. It, I'm it changes it every week, though. Cause it's I a raw. I'm not going to remember the name. I can't believe I'm doing that, but Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens just talking is so good. Like, I loved how aware he is where he says, and I want you two to come down to the ring one at a time, preferably. Like, that was great. Because he wasn't, like, saying, I'm going, like, he, he's like, I'm going to beat the hell out of you, but he was acknowledging the numbers game. And usually a lot of wrestlers don't do that. He wasn't like, I'm trying to overcome the odds. He was like, yeah, I'm, I'll fight you because I really want to fight you and you pissed me off. But 
I know there's a strong chance I'm going to get my ass whipped. I will say my only <laughs> issue with that is that it's the same exact thing he had said the week prior. Oh, well, you know, for most of all, I am at work. You know, my job in which I work five 12-hour shifts. So I, I probably just didn't see that. You're well, on the right. No, you're on the right track, Kevin Owens. Yeah, no, it's Kevin Owens. He's so he's given he's given shit. He's giving shit. They're like here here is here is something shitty to do. Yep. And he's making the best out of it. That's how I'm seeing it. And just like the Mojo thing in the back, he went that way. He went that yes, way. He slapped yes. the shit off. He said, "You went I, that I was way." Gonna say, there was something else I meant to mention. That was great. That was great. Like, he's he's doing a good job of what he's been given. Um, and. I, you know, I, I like what he's done, and I agree with what you said. My last rave is going to go to the Rusev divorce. Oh, God. Oh, God. Is Blake thinking about... Are you thinking about challenging this? I'm not... I don't have it on mine, so... I yeah. You going to challenge it? Yeah, call Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Rant versus Rave! Judge Maeve Prasadi. So, Rusev's getting divorced, and it is the happiest day of his life. He is absolutely elated. Get it? Elated, remember? Because that at one time when he was talking to Shane, he was elated. Okay. I don't know what it is, but consistently every week, the, the Rusev and the Lana stuff, I am paying so much attention to. I am fully focused on what's happening, because I don't want to miss any of the absurdities. They are hilarious to me every week. Lana, it's a struggle to understand what she is talking about. I think that's the point, and I think that that's hilarious. Um, I'm okay with this was just a setup to Bobby Lashley and Rusev. I love the idea that Rusev is like, dude, take her. Like, you can have her. He's he's so over Lana and everything that she's put him through. Um, I don't know why you continue to fight me on this, Blake. I really don't. It's, it's very entertaining and hilarious, and I just wish that you could see that. Yeah, we talked about it before the show, but at the end of the day, I felt like it was a rant. Rusev himself was fantastic, and I enjoyed Rusev. But Lana and this story, man, it just, I can't, I can't let you give them a rave because the story has so many holes in it. And... You, I admitted you were right about Lana. I think a lot of it is for show. Can I ask, what, what are the holes that it has? So, the whole thing is that Rusev wants to have sex 24-7. That's what she can... And she said this in the promo as well, right? But yet, she continuously brags about having sex with Bob Lashley. So, that, that doesn't make sense, right? I mean, you would agree. Correct. And now, Rusev... At first, he's heartbroken. And then it does make sense that he's happy. He's just like, fuck this, right? That part does make sense. But then it's like Lana starts getting sad about the divorce. And I'm like, I don't I don't get it because you you antagonize this whole thing and this divorce. And then Rusev's like, well, I just want a match with Bob Lashley. All right, first off, he can get that whether he does the divorce or not. That's not Lana's decision. That's management's decision. And we know that match is going to happen anyway. So the story itself, I think... It didn't do itself justice. It never made sense from the get-go. They kind of... They ruined it. They went back and forth. They changed it a little bit here and there. And the segment... It drawn on a little too long for me. At the In the beginning, I had fun. Uh, I started to get bored with it towards the end. And the combination of it is me watching Lashley and Rusev. And I don't really care about that. So I'm going to say it's a, it's a rant for me. 
So uh, to uh, talk about two of the points that you made uh, with you don't need this in order to get to that match. Um, management can make that match. I agree. I don't necessarily think Rusev should have been like, oh, and on this condition, I think we should have just maybe naturally gotten there. Uh, but at the same time, if every match that we ever get is because management just writes it, then I think it's going to be a pretty boring show if we're not doing this type of stuff to get to that point. And about the plot holes, uh, you mentioned a lot of the stuff that Lana said, and consistently she is giving more and more plot holes to the story every week. But again, I say that's the point. She's fucking crazy. The shit she says is meant to be, what is wrong with you? This is BS. This is stupid. That's really what I believe is supposed to be happening. That's what's entertaining to me, is the ridiculous things that she's saying every week where I'm like, what? No. Yeah, and and I think you do a good job of putting your vision, like we've said many times, of it. And I, I disagree. I think in that case, that was WWE story the whole time, and they just fucked it up. And... You're right about building a story, but it was already built at this point. This this one felt like overkill to me, and it wasn't needed. And, and I also am excited for Rusev versus Lashley, so fuck you for not looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm not at all. I'm sorry. Not one bit. I honestly hope that we continue, we, we continue to see Lana and Lashley together until she drives him batshit insane. And then Bob Lashley and Rusev become best friends. That's what I would like to see. I think that would be a unique twist, and I'd probably be okay with that. But uh, this segment didn't do it for me, man. They, Again, I think they just... It was overkill. Their tag team name could be Eskimo Brothers. (laughs) (laughs) My final ruling is that this is a rant. I... 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 I found it early on to be really crazy and entertaining. My main problem with the storyline now has become... Lana's inconsistencies, I agree with Roy. I really just attribute attribute that to her being crazy. But they are... Like, they have spent too much cumulative time on just this one storyline between all the shows. And they are taking up way too much time with it. And that just kills it for me. Like, I feel like they, they could have done things... And, and kept time, like, it doesn't have to be that long. Like, it's hard to watch already because of, like, the stuff that she's doing. And then you, I agree, like, I'm happy Roy said it. They didn't need to say, he didn't need to say, oh, I, I, I'll do it if I have a match. You're going to have a match anyway. So I'm at the point now where I just want it to be over. Like, I don't want to see them building towards this anymore, so I just want the match to happen. Well, <laughs> this Sunday... And it'll continue now, after Sunday. what he said about the, the Eskimo Bloods thing, that is genius, and I really hope that does happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Roy's not in WWE creative, and that probably never will happen. We'll just see this feud for three months. Yes. I'm okay with that, too. I am not at all okay with that. Anyway. Whatever you say for your next rave, I'm challenging it. Are you sure? Yep. Okay. So my Ladies and gentlemen! So my next rave is going to Brandy Rhodes. Are you going to challenge that one? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for rent. Versus you, you were getting Ray. either one of us. I actually didn't enjoy that this really? week. Yes. I really enjoyed Not it. Not even fucking with you. See see Dallas Britt Baker basically being a pathetic groupie. I thought that was great. We continue to 
add that on with her first last week, her sitting in the crowd, and it's Adam Cole's girlfriend, and her bringing that up. Who's arguing this, me or Roy? You guys fucking decide, but I thought this was fantastic. Would you like to I, be judge? I am enjoying. I am enjoying the Nightmare Collective as a whole. I don't know where the hell it's going, and that's one of my favorite things about it is because I just don't know what they're going to do next, and that is something that wrestling rarely gives me. And I'll let you guys rant about it all you want. I like the unknown of where what this is and where it's going, but there are a lot of things you know. How you kind of see something happen a few times, and you're kind of like, eh, eh. And then it keeps happening, and you're like, all right, what the hell is going on? So I completely understand when Brandy comes out. No, yes, when she comes out to the ring, she has a little dress thing on, and then she takes it off, and it's like a swimsuit. Like, so you're you're going to lose if your main reason is so, that, that outfit. No, 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 When listen. we were watching AEW, he was bitching no, about no, it, No, no, listen, listen. So when you're in, presumably, what would be her home, why did you start the promo off by taking that off? That was weird. I felt like that was detail you didn't need. Also, I feel the way some like sometimes she nails it when she's like talking, and sometimes she just seems like she's really forcing it. This was a promo in which I felt like she was really forcing it with everything she was saying, like the way she was pronouncing things and everything. Like it didn't feel natural at all to me. And then the bald guy, I. Did you just assume their gender? I'm sorry. You're right. The bald them. Them the bald. The bald them. Yeah, that's so much better. Sorry. Right. Them the bald. Uh, I just... I I don't... Because all we know is this is leading to, at some point, that them <laughs> are going to interrupt the match. And are going to be like, oh, so that was them. Like, I just... I wasn't into it. I, I feel like I... The only thing I liked is that she's still trying to recruit. But... I, I just felt I I personally didn't like the whole Britt Baker stuff. I didn't under I, only thing I understood was her mentioning Rio because I agreed. I had been saying it. Where the hell is Rio? That like I completely agree with her on that point. But I felt like it was a lot of stuff she said that didn't need to be said, and it kind of was just it didn't feel like it wasn't like up to what she usually is. It didn't feel natural at all to me. It didn't come off that way. It just kind of came off as cringy this time around. Interesting. I thought she nailed it, and I felt like her take on Britt Baker made sense, as well as Riho. You know, she she hasn't picked just one person in the women's division. She's pretty much attacking everybody who's not a part of the Nightmare Collective, and or she's trying to recruit them. And I think that's the whole fucking point. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's gonna give it a neutral. I'm really thinking about it. <laughs> I'll give it a rave. Did you just give it a rave? Yeah. You know, fuck this. Yeah, I, fuck you. Next fuck time. Fuck this. I quit this show. Next time. I'm leaving. Next time, think before you give Rusev a goddamn rant. Fuck him. Fuck you. I love Rusev. I fucking hate the program. That's, that's odd. Rusev is the best. Rusev number one. <laughs> All right, what part of the podcast is this? What do we normally do here? Housekeeping, uh, buddy. Uh, is there really much to talk about this week? Did you guys have anything going on in the wrestling world? That you I actually to did. Today? Normally, you and Greg are really prepared with this and have some things, so I did have one. How did you guys feel about the release spree from WWE finally letting some of these people out of their contracts, which they've been holding people hostage for a while? All right. And the uh, suspension. Wait, wait, well. wait, wait. That reminds me. 
Was it the Brandy Rhodes where there was a bald guy and they? she said, not yet? Yes. Is that Luke Harper? I don't know. My bold... Wait, did you just assume their gender? Yes, them. My bold prediction, Kyle... You said guy. <laughs> ...is I think Luke Harper is the reason why Dean loses to Jericho in the title match. Who's Dean? Oh, my bad. I'm so sorry. John Moxley. Well, they say oh. there's a, he has a no-compete clause right now. Really? Yeah. Well, well, the uh, the 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 pay per view isn't the next AEW pay per view isn't until like February or March, right? I think that was the date. Is yeah, it, is it it's that far it's away? not until yeah. February 29th. Yeah, it's yeah. So I because they have a really big history in CZW, the company they both came from, like that really extreme backyard wrestling, and that was one of the biggest feuds. There. I would hope that there's not two world title screwy finishes in a row. I would also hope for the I same thing. I would hope for that too, but I, I feel like if he does go to AEW, that's how he debuts. Because it will be, this is a man that matched uh, Moxley's violence in the past and like they're in CCW and they fought wars and everything. I think he's going to be with, I think he's going to be with Brandy. How about the Ascension? This is also just assuming that they come at all, fuck the Ascension. Yeah. The, yeah. What a, uh, what a just... Man, and NXT, when I first started watching NXT, they made them so dominant, and I didn't like them. I know Antonio did. I loved them. He loved them, and I hated them, but boy, did they turn out to be a joke in WWE. They were like the first sign of like, here's what you're going to get from NXT to WWE. And And we didn't know it yet. Because I was so excited when they moved up, because they had been so dominant in NXT, and then it just was like, well, these guys, they lost to the Legends and everything for a while, and then they just lost everything for the rest of their career, so... And the uh, suspension of Robert Roode. Are we? Seeing, I did not know. Of yes, that. he got suspended. For. It was just there. Oh, I'm trying to think of the correct terminology here without butchering it, but wellness policy. Their wellness policy. Yeah. Oh come on, man! Why are yeah. you avoiding that? Which is why you didn't see him on SmackDown. I mean, that could be any number of things. I don't want to speculate on that. Oh no, I won't talk about that. But I just. More so, could this just be the tail a, end of him? It sucks on a personal level because I like. I like him as a person, but I don't. I'm not into anything that he's doing in wrestling right now. Yeah. Um, and I'm happy that they're finally doing some releases. They need to release a lot more people, in my opinion. And they they have too much talent that they even if they wanted to, they couldn't utilize all of them in yeah. the way that maybe they should be. But at the same time, I mean, a lot of those guys might not want to be released. They might like. The safety net that they have, they might be comfortable with their money. Who are we to say, like, you should go over here and try and be more successful? Whatever they their comfort level is, they might be at that right now. They may be having the time of their life traveling the world. You know what I mean? Well, I, we've we've said with Shinsuke before he kind of had where he was just, like, really stale. And everything that I was reading was Shinsuke's fine. He's surfing in Florida, and he's yeah. just he's okay with what's going exactly. on. So you never My know. main thing is I'm happy for Luke Harper. Even though I saw on, I saw somewhere that said basically them having the no compete clause just makes it so that he's going to end up he can't wrestle until when his contract would have expired anyway. But at least I don't know it, it's it's got to feel somewhat good for Luke Harper, right? Yeah, I, that whole the whole situation was really unfortunate, right? I I really hate that. WWE has gotten petty with some of these guys and just holding them hostage with the contracts, with the the injury clauses and stuff like that. It's just it's just not the right. It's not a good look, and it's not it's not the right thing to do. If you were using them a certain way, then 
okay, it makes a little bit more sense to me. But the fact that they're just not even using some of these guys and are holding them hostage to their contract, I don't agree with that. But that's all I had. You guys didn't have anything else for housekeeping for this week? No. You guys want to jump into some of the honorable mentions? Um, I actually had one last thing I was going to bring up for you. I, I had told for you about... No, well... Not quite, but for Q&A, I had asked a question to some of our listeners, and we did actually get a question this week. Oh, wow, okay. Um, and it definitely... I would have appreciated a heads up so I could think of a fucking answer, <laughs> I, but I that's know. fine. That's why I had him secretly grab my phone, because I had realized that we did get a question on it, and I'd, I'd like for this to be something that we do to engage the listeners a little bit further, but the question is actually more for you, I believe. Oh, shit. Um, and it was, what tag teams... Would you realistically import into the NWA? And I know you've actually brought up the NWA. Revival has got to be perfect for that. Revival. Okay. Revival is absolutely perfect. And for I just that. want to give a shout out to Zeus who asked a question, and his his uh, Twitter tag is Zeus King underscore Dark. My man Zeus, thank you. But yeah, I think Revival fits into that so perfectly. What's up? And you you watched the NWA Power, right? Yeah. Yes, I agree. It's perfect fit, yep. right? It's their re- their wrestling style and everything were perfectly. They're just that their old school, look, their attitude, and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, even their promo style. Yes. Yeah, I definitely think that would be great. Now I'm now I'm a little upset that I'm I can't see that. Yeah. Honestly. So thank you to Zeus for the question. Great question. All right, so let's get to the honorable mentions. Uh, do you guys have any? I have one, but it's not for any of our shows. It actually, I already was going to say this before you just brought up NWA, but Melina's full-time wrestling for NWA now, um, and I was a really big Melina fan when she was with WWE, so I'm really happy to see her wrestling again full-time. I think NWA is a really good show, and I know that so much of our week is consumed by wrestling right now, but I do wish that you could find time somewhere, Blake, to squeeze that in. It's only an hour long, and it's it's such a different feel that it, it may not even feel like you're watching more wrestling. Maybe for you guys and now for Zeus, I'll have to give it a try next week and see if I can squeeze in. Because it is hard. And there's, it there's, is really hard now with wrestling. Like There's not too many episodes out there right now. You could no. start from the beginning. Okay. Maybe like, I don't know. And now they have, episodes. you said they have Wade Barrett on commentary now? Correct. Yeah, I miss Wade. Um... For my honorary mentions, and I'm going to keep this short because we're, we're running a little extra on time here. I had two things, and I'm, I'm going to make this a point each week now to where I specifically just had things for honorable mention. I had two things that were kind of cool. Scott Dawson falling on his ass coming oh, down the ring. Yes. Did you I'm guys see that? that you, got, you got to be the one to talk about that. He played it off very well, It would, but it was hilarious. I don't think he was even necessarily playing it off. I think he genuinely found it hilarious. Yeah, I he think said, so too. So Antonio he got Dash's attention. He's yeah. like, I fell away. He tripped over the stage and fell. And he goes, um, "Wait, it was it was Dash that fell, right?" It was Dash that fell. He yeah, got yeah. Dawson. So he's he yells, "Scott!" And because the entrance music is playing, Scott's still going halfway down the, the ramp doing his thing. He goes, "Scott!" <laughs> and Scott turns around. He's like, oh, "I fell!" And he's cracking up. Yes. <laughs> And they, they got to do like a handshake or whatever. And he's kind of like, okay, you know, and he keeps it moving. But it was, that was yeah, a pretty like, uh, all right. And they show, the commentary did a good job with it too because they show Ali and Shorty G kind of laughing yes. about it. And they're like, oh, that was just a tactic. Mustafa's face was hilarious. Yeah, so that was a cool moment. And hopefully you, for everyone who's listening, you caught that because it was fantastic. The other one I had was also SmackDown and it was commentary and it was Cole calling Dolph the super Superman kick. 
We so talked about the Superman. This time he only said the Superman. Last week he said the Superman kick, and I'm like, Cole, you got to get it together. Yeah, this is not a Superman kick. Um, but that's what I had for this week. Um, I think Ray versus AJ rematch was stupid. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, shit. Um, I think MJF cut maybe promo of the week. What did you guys think of MJF's promo? You know what? I actually didn't enjoy it. Really? And I love MJF. You know this. No, I didn't enjoy it. I I, I liked the overall promo. I don't like that he did the whole, I'll tell you next week. You're already talking about it. Just say it. Like, you're already on the subject. Like, I, I, don't, I understand it's a hill thing to do, but it just, I don't know. I, I did feel... I think he needs a new catchphrase. You mentioned that, uh, Roy, yourself. I don't like his catchphrase. Well, he's better than you. And you, you know, know it. He is literally just a fusion of CM Punk and Zack Ryder. Think about that. But he is better than you. No, he's not. And you do not. And you do All right, not. we got to keep it moving along. Uh, Revival versus Shorty G and Mustafa Ali. Fantastic match. Yep. I love that it even got a This Is Awesome chant. Great finish, too. That was an amazing finish yes. where he went for a crossbody and got hit by a shower machine. And then my final one is uh, Bailey and Elias. I enjoyed. Yes. I enjoyed that she listened to the song and her facial expressions. Uh, the lyrics, the lyrics for the song were beautiful, and I love. I caught a moment of her mouthing to herself. She goes, "Stupid song," and it made me laugh. Little little stuff like that is. I just. I eat it up, man. I loved it. So that means you're starting to like Bailey. Oh, I've been a Bailey fan since the heel <gasps> turn, absolutely. Ever since you got that we haircut, you look just like a dude. All right, you guys got predictions for who's going to win tonight? Can I, I? I fucked up, and I did have an honorable mention. That, that segment's over. Yep, God damn it, Roy. I'm just kidding. No, did you guys catch, because it's bothering me, did you guys catch on AEW, when they had the statistics on there, and they had the record, and then they'll have, like, they'll say, like, he's won four matches in a row, mm-hmm. or he's done this. It said for Hangman Page, drank a bottle of whiskey at home alone last Wednesday. I did not see that, and that's amazing. I thought that was great, and I really wanted you guys to. That's hilarious because that. on SmackDown when they were coming out and they did the thing for the the little facts, I remember reading them and thinking like, I wish that they would just do some more like random stuff, like stop telling me that this person won this match or something like that. And so uh, that's a great example. I thought that was amazing. That has a lot of personality to him without <laughs> really doing anything. He didn't wrestle last Wednesday, right? No, he did. He had the tag, he had the tag match. match. Yeah. No, no, not the Wednesday before the one that he just had the match with Omega. No, okay. and that's so why it was that's even better. Great. That's yes. great. <laughs> uh, predictions on who's going to win tonight? I'm going to say... I actually think Raw might win tonight. AEW. I can tell you that the winner is by a wide margin. So you got Raw and AEW are your answers? Yeah. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, your winner and still capital R champion, AEW.